Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Upbringing. We're here for our live weekly-ish Q and A. What are we talking about? <laughs> weekly-ish. Uh, we're talking about our imperative, our mm-hmm. directive, our um, leaning to be parenting our kids using powers beyond control, our calling, our screaming to be breaking these generational cycles a little bit. Mm-hmm. The ways we are parented, love our parents, love our grandparents, love our great grandparents. Um, but how can we be doing things a little bit differently? Mm-hmm. Doing things in a way that's leaning into skills that we want our kids to be learning too. Mm-hmm. Emotional self-regulation, consent, body positivity, resilience. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff out there now that says, oh, we thought we were developing resilience this way. Turns out it's this way. We thought we were developing emotional regulation this way. Turns out kind of the opposite of that. So. We're bringing these tools into our daily practice and saying, how can we use powers beyond control, especially in those How can we be bringing in these wonderful tools, these powers beyond control, in those moments where our kids are learning the shit we want them to learn instead of stuff we don't want them to learn, right? That's what we talk about here at Upbringing is those powers beyond control. Again, focusing on our kids' behaviors, not to pathologize them, not to find ways and quick fixes to change them, Right, but to say those behaviors are really critical information about needs and struggles and development underneath that we can actually be working to support and work with instead of be stopping, changing, controlling, fixing, punishing. Yeah. Right, it's a really big change, but that's what we love talking about. Not just the ideas around it, but what that actually looks like. And that's why in these live communities, mm-hmm. we focus on those big feelings and challenging behaviors, the symptoms that we see where we're like, shit. What do I do? How do I engage with this in the way this that isn't coercive? Terrible. That isn't manipulative. That isn't control-based. That isn't hierarchical. All of that shit I don't believe in in the rest of the world. Why would I bring that into my home and perpetuate it, right? Yeah. So that's what we want to talk about here. So let us know what's going on with you. What's going on with your kid? What are those big feelings and challenging behaviors that have been um, hard lately? And then how can we talk and support you in considering ways to flip those beliefs from wrong to valuable, Mm -hmm. right? To flip our role from control police to connection support staff Mm -hmm. and to flip that impact ultimately with our kids from that sense that they're never enough and they're always bad and that people use power in a particular way Mm -hmm. to a child and a relationship and a family and ultimately a community that says we can do things differently. Everyone's needs matter, right? We can do this. Exactly. I think that's the big pivot too is just saying, our kids are unique individuals. 
Like there's no cut and dry parenting approach that says treat kids like this. All kids need this. They're not cattle. When they do this, do this thing. And I think that that's a big part of what we work on too. It's just saying, how can we meet our kids where they are? How can we look to them as our guide? Their negative quote unquote behaviors, their reactions, their rebellions, their um, resistance. All of those aren't the obstacle. As less of an obstacle and more of a beautiful thing as a signal to us about asking ourselves, how can we be using our power more democratically? How can we be creating a home that feels like a home and less like a, like a police station? That doesn't feel good. Doesn't. Something we talk so often about in our small group coaching. So we've got the month of May is opening up right now for a very short period. We've got maybe three spots left. Small group coaching is four calls, four two hour calls through the month of May with a handful of other parents and us. Working, working through some of the biggest challenges that we all experience, hygiene, bedtime, um, eating time, transitions, school stuff, sibling stuff, screen screen stuff, like all the things where we're just like, this sucks. This feels so hard. Or I'm worried about how to engage in this as we're leaning into this and it's becoming maybe a thing. Not sure if it's a thing. How can I get on the right path? That's what the small group coaching is about. It's a small investment weekly to get on four calls with us to just solidify our understanding around what our kids fucking deserve and how we can be interacting with them in a respectful, trust-based, skill-based way that also ultimately meets our needs, right? I love that. For safety, for belonging, for calm, right? Um, And our relationship desires and needs with our child, which we hope are based in trust and respect and communication yeah. and all of those things. So totally. these are not just about treating our children perfectly. That's not the goal. No, It's to say, how can we look at them as, as humans deserving of respect? And how can we look at ourselves and reparent ourselves in that way through the parent-child relationship mm-hmm. uh, in a way that lifts all of us up? That's yeah. the goal of these small, small group sessions. I love that. Check out our website <clears throat> under our small group coaching tab yeah. to see what the, these are about. But we've got only a couple days left to enroll and a few spots left um, to just focus on those needs. Kids' needs, our needs. How do we get both of those needs met? I'm needing this. You seem to be needing this thing. What can we do? This is so hard. Mm-hmm. So some folks are writing in here. Feel free to let us know what's been hard for you. For those of you listening here on Instagram, um, someone says a 27-month-old likes to say bye-bye and then take off running, particularly concerning when they're outside or near a busy street. Thoughts on how to approach this? That's such a great question. We also got a lot of uh, question stickers through one of our stories tonight that we can address if people aren't writing in. So stand by, watch and listen, or participate. Type in what's going on with you. Um, 27-month-old. Oh, gosh. I feel like it's our our two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, whatever age, um, prerogative to say, I'm out of here. If this isn't feeling good for me. I'm gone. And I actually love that this kid is like, I'm actually going to say bye-bye and make a glittery announcement, <laughs> which is like, thank you for that announcement is what I would say. Is like, I would wow. say that they're, they're keying into something, which is they know what our expectation is as a parent. And they feel that sense of, um, maybe, maybe a little pressure or a little yeah. pressure or an agenda. And is a very healthy two-year-old saying, I'm going to try something different. Mm-hmm. And remember our, our kids act in ways that are either to experiment and to learn. So 
Like, is this an okay time to run away? If I or, ran away, what, what would, would happen? Do? What would happen? Or it can also be in a way to express themselves and say, pay attention to me, see me, support me, love me, connect or with me, help stress. my system <laughs> that maybe needs a little bit of regulation. And I've mm -hmm. figured out this way to make that happen. So all of it's good. So I think, again, this is something we talk about in our small group coaching sessions is saying, this is all not bad, which is our typical belief. We're mm -hmm. going to flip it and say, this is valuable that your child is doing this. We don't mm -hmm. look at behavior as pathological, as evil, as wrong, as fear, as worrisome. It's all helpful information. It's an opportunity to grow. And then we look at our role instead of being like, okay, normally we go in. You were not supposed to run away. So when we go, we don't want to run. Right. Like, can't and then when they say bye-bye, we say, don't you dare don't go. Right. And we run after them. them. Say, you can't leave. Right. Remember, we agreed. You can't do the thing. And then after we say, why did you run away today? That I don't think really we terrible. can go to the park again if you're going to run away. Right. All of that is perpetuating that belief in us and in our child that they're wrong. This is bad. Their development's not good. Right. It's just, it's it unhelpful. might create a little bit of a cycle or a loop. It might. So again, we're flipping that. So it's valuable. It's an opportunity. So our role then becomes that sensitive support staff to look before with the uh, preparation, right? To show up in the moment with presence and to show up after with some processing with our child. And that's something that three-step PPP mm -hmm. that we discuss in our small group coaching. How can we apply that model to every single situation, yeah. right? So what would that look like here? Prepare our child, right? Prepare ourselves. We might have to run after them to show them, right? Two-year-olds don't just need to be told or warned. They have hey, to be lovingly, physically shown. Yeah. So, right? So we got to be on our game to be closer to that child if and when possible, right? Right? We maybe don't talk about it so much and say, don't you run away or this or that. Remember, you have to stay close by. You can't go past the right. That's sidewalk. like to many children, that's a challenge, right? Challenge so, accepted. Right. So we prepare ourselves in those moments and then in the moment presence we'd say oh you're wanting to go oh my god a little job do you want to chase me okay do you want to do this i see I'm you trying to run you. over there i'm gonna grab you boop, 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 boop. let's go this way okay right. maybe they want to explode and have they have a lot of energy like, but no i gotta go and it's like twisty like pulley time right. and you're just like oh you want to run away you want to run into the street okay. we're showing as much presence calm loving energy as we can to de-escalate so that their little brain can learn, right? Mm -hmm. And then after the fact, we process with them later directly if they want to talk about it. What happened earlier? How'd that go? You wanted to run. Oh. I couldn't let you. Huh, what can we do I next helped time? your body into the car and that oh. felt hard for you. Or I ended up yelling and saying, what the fuck? I or worried. I was so worried about you running into the road and it freaked me out and I grabbed you and I put you in the car seat and didn't seem like it mm. felt good to you and I'm so sorry. You like those games where you're doing something and I'm saying no and maybe mm -hmm. to us in that processing moment we're noticing what is our kid feeding off of mm -hmm. and what's fun for them that we could be giving them outside the moment that's not by a busy street, mm -hmm. right? What's that outlet they're needing, right? Can we get those wiggles out before? Can we figure out a plan? Can we figure out what's next so they're not like, what should I do right now? Oh, I'll play that fun game oh, where I run away. Just run away from mom. Right? Yeah. So, so many ways to process that we would talk about in our small group coaching, but oh my gosh, I think just yeah. the general approach is saying understanding, patient, aware, consistent, validating, validating. on top of them physically, and then right. maybe moving to a park with fewer busy streets if that's where they are right now. And if we're not able to yeah. be on top of that, if you can't chuck your coffee or push your stroller into a little berm and that be okay, 
or whatever it is, let's find a different park. Or let's say, yeah. I guess we can't go to that park right now. Or I guess we can't go to the zoo right now it, at five o'clock. I mean, it's like or, saying like you have mm -hmm. your knives out on the kitchen table and you're wondering why your two year old's like, I'm gonna cut you, mm -hmm. right? And you're like, don't you dare, right? You wouldn't or put them maybe in that the situation. knives should get put away a little bit. Yeah. Like I think all of us have that that exact thing, that metaphor. What in our lives can we put the knives away instead of <laughs> punishing our kids or shaming our kids or yelling at our kids or doing whatever? Like where in these situations can we just put the knives away? Where? Mm -hmm. Marcy, I got a call to pick up my son from daycare two days in a row. It feels like every few months these difficult behaviors return. Screaming, wilding, uncontrollable, kicking, refusing to let um, any talking maybe yeah. or I need to talk to him or... Oh, sorry about sorry. that, Marcy. That's really hard. Gosh, like, and it's it's really tricky too because it's like you're not like, oh, that happened at home today. Mm -hmm. I wonder what's going on with them. What environmental triggers, mm -hmm. routine challenges, nervous system stressors, anything. Like we always ask, what's going on, right? We're not saying the behavior's wrong. We got to stop it. We're saying what caused? What's the root cause of that behavior? But it's really tricky when that behavior happens in another environment with other mm -hmm. caregivers because we didn't see what those triggers were. We don't know. We can't be the same investigator that we would be maybe at home. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different. And maybe we feel a little bit embarrassed or a little bit shameful that we got the call, quote unquote. Or we, we failed. Right? They failed. I had to pick them up two days in a row. Yeah. Ding, ding. Ugh. Right. We get really triggered into our own school traumas, I think, in a lot of yeah. ways and our, our own um you know behavioral uh institutional yeah, yeah trauma absolutely so we're, we're thinking of you with that yeah. that's really that's really tricky i, I think <clears throat> we would treat it like any other situation and say something's going on for my kid something's happening i feel what? like it's a twofold one with the kid okay. one with the yeah and so what would we do with the institution first i don't know i think i would say what's leading up to this like, what did you guys observe instead of saying, i am on. so sorry oh my god it's never going to happen again can we say who is on call what precipitated this? Right. Were they struggling? Were they stressed? Were they around another kid? Were they around another caregiver? Were they Have tired? Were they the hungry? Like what's going on? I think that goes <clears throat> against our conditioning to appease and appeal and yeah. uh, please. And instead to say, I'm looking for lovingly, like looking for a little accountability. Yeah. What was going on? I'm a, a consumer of this daycare situation. Right. Like I am of a healthcare or any other thing that we feel also challenged by often right my child so, isn't there to meet your needs actually the other way around yeah. so what what needs were so getting sorry met. that they were screaming wildly uncomfortable kicking refusing to let anything happen or whatever mm -hmm. it is what was going on i would love to hear what maybe sparked this could right. you let what me know them to go to total overwhelm mm -hmm. flip the lid i'm sure you guys are on regulation mode. if you could give me some intel that would be great because that happens sometimes at home, but not always. Can we sit down and have a meeting? Can we have a Zoom call? Can I check in with the two caregivers that are that are around them the most? <clears throat> it usually has to be something really big that leads my child to explode and become that dysregulated. Or it's a series of kind of micro situations, <laughs> micro stressors that lead that a specific moment to be the moment that it all comes out. So yeah. I'm wondering, I'm happy to share what's going on at home if there's anything different that might be influencing how they're experiencing school. But otherwise, I'm wondering, I'm really curious what, yeah. what happened at school. Yeah. Yeah. Was this like they wanted to go outside, but it wasn't time? Was it everyone was going outside, but they didn't want to put on a coat? Was it they hadn't really had lunch and then everyone had to go do a, a little activity what did and they the didn't want to? What did the teacher say to them when this happened? Well, right. If I could hear how this played out, that would be great. 
So that would be That's so what helpful. I would ask. And then I would maybe interact with my kid about it, especially if I had to pick them up, I would say, oh, that must have been hard earlier. What happened? I don't know what happened. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to tell me anything? I'm so sorry that, that you were feeling upset and dysregulated. Mm-hmm. And just opening space, holding space for our kids. It's a hard day. I'm so oh, sorry. Hard day. We all have hard days. Oh my gosh. Oh, I had a hard day a couple days ago. And I was working and then I ended up yelling at daddy and then this thing happened and oh, I just needed some calm and <clears throat> some deep breaths and I want to do that with you. How you doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Let's talk about it. Not yes. let's talk about it, but let's talk about yeah. it. Oh my gosh. So like easy for us to come home from like a parent teacher conference or from picking our kid up early from school or daycare or whatever it is and want to fucking grill them. Be like, I need you to do the things and be normal and conform and all this stuff. Or you give me all the answers about what Uh, happened and why. They don't fucking know they were dysregulated. (laughs) They they don't remember anything probably. So how can we be creating safety, security, comfort, things that bring their brain back online, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all the things that make us want to do the opposite. Yeah. And then I think we can also consider ourselves. So Mm -hmm. after we've talked to the teachers and the institution, we've talked to our child a little bit, planned processed, explored, mm-hmm. very non-judgmentally, curiously. Could also do that with storytelling or symbolic play. And then we ask ourselves, what's my child going through? Anything new? Is sleep going okay? Is food going okay? Mm-hmm. Is regulating their nervous system and getting the exercise they need mm-hmm. going okay? Is there anything new in their lives that could be causing this? So we're talking about those micro stressors that pile up, right? Mm-hmm. What can I take off their plate? Yeah. Like what in there? Am I kind of being like, pick up your messes a lot? Am I being like, you got to get yourself dressed a lot? Am I being like, you got to take care of your little siblings a lot? <laughs> it's all adding up. Yeah. So let's just kind of weigh that balance a little bit. Yeah. It's like, you know, someone who explodes at work or who's like road raging. It's not about that car. It's not about that TPS report, right? Or the, the last piece of cake got eaten right in the office room or whatever it was (laughs) that sucks though it's that does suck i would imagine but it's that all the other things happening at home that just push them beyond so our kids can't understand that they can't be like mom you know so i've had just a lot piling up lately (laughs) and i'm noticing and so so grandpa's sick and we have a new puppy and i feel like you've been busy with work and i got that haircut that's just so bad it's so distracting to me every time i look in the mirror i'm like who is thinking Our kids can't do that. So we have to be the detectives that help them build the awareness that they're ultimately going to carry into all of these situations in the future and afford to other people so that they maybe aren't the institution and the teachers who are like, this is a problem. Take it home. Right. Mm -hmm. Fix this parent. Right. Exactly. All right. What else have we got going on here? Welcome everybody who's coming in. Marcy said, thanks. (sighs) Gonna take time to make a call tomorrow. Good suggestions. Make time, yeah. Always here, Marcy. Yeah, I think that's a that's a big thing about being an empowered, respectful, conscious parent is saying, gosh, goes against a lot of our pleasery tendencies to say, yeah. doctor, hold up, nurse, a little bit fast for my child. Let's see how they're doing. To or not teacher, daycare provider, how are they doing? What precipitated this conflict? What's going on? And not be like a scary privileged white person, like knocking down doors and being all like demeaned and entitled or whatever, but really saying it in a loving, caring, graceful way, Mm -hmm. right? Saying, I'm just trying to see the needs of my kid. They're struggling, obviously. Trying to see to your needs. I see that. Doctor, teacher, whatever it is. You're trying to get your job done. I see that. Yeah. And acknowledging both those needs. Right. 
someone says, my highly sensitive four-year-old daughter has some new anxiety about the bath, worried about things going down the drain like fuzz. Mm. This is new and she loved the bath before. Oh, I feel like we got hard. a DM about this maybe. Oh man, bath time anxiety is, is really tricky. And anxiety that our kids have, especially around caregiving activities that we find very necessary, mm. like sleep anxiety, bathing anxiety, mm -hmm. maybe park an animal, another kid anxiety, social, social anxieties, mm -hmm. those areas where you're like, I want you to do it. I want you to feel so happy to do it or you used to do it. Now you're not doing it. Right. I need you to be pro social, pro hygiene, pro chores, mm -hmm. pro all the things. Yeah. It yeah. Can, it can feel a little worrisome to us. And I think we have to remember too, just like we were talking about in this last um, situation, anxieties pile up and then can manifest in a focus of one thing, mm -hmm. right? So just like they can explode into a big meltdown, anxieties can also explode into a specific focus of, I don't like things going down the drain and that particular thing stressing me out. Or a blue spoon, wrong, right? Or this curtain the way it is. Or the or, covers are terrible. right? And so that can just be a generalized anxiety projected onto a single situation. Sorry, it can also be about the drain. And mm -hmm. I think so much about this is becoming, again, investigators saying, I wonder what's going on for my kid. It could be a lot of other things that may be causing them stress. And then at come back time, which is usually at night, it's usually when they're tired, it's usually when their nervous system is just like fucking fried from the day. That's what they're focusing on. Or it could be they've read, a, they were ratatouing with the flushing down animals and the drain, or they, they heard something, or they just have a really active imagination. And all of a sudden they're realizing that those things disappear and where do they go and what happens? And that could be um, stressful. And I think so much about it is trusting in our child's fear and saying, not saying our usual thing, which our belief tends to be like our role, minimize it, negate it, tell them how safe it is, convince them. And again, that is not something we want to um, be conditioning our kids to experience is saying, I, whatever fear or concern I have, uh, it, it's not true, I can't trust it, right? So we want them to trust their concerns, which are valid always, and then spend our time instead investigating in our own minds and through loving, curious conversation with our kids, why they might be feeling that, what might be going on for them. That could be in telling a story, that could be in asking a question, that might be before bath, that might be during bath, that might be after bath. Again, before, during, after. Okay, and someone said, she said, it's things disappearing in other areas too. Yes, things disappearing can be really jarring. They can be really scary. They can be really um, just kind of um, uncomfortable for kids, especially sensitive kids to notice right? It can be nightmarish, right? There's so many different things at play. Kelty's going to plug us in here. So Talk about stress though. It's tight. like stress, but it's just, it's one of those stress things that yeah. it's, a, it's a stress trigger for her. It sounds like, um, it's, it stresses your daughter out when she sees things disappear. And that's just <laughs> one of those things, right? And so, so much about it is saying, okay, what can I do? If this is something that they're not liking, I think we tend to again, go with that white patriarchal well, I'm just going to expose them to it more and explain away. And they make need them to be resilient. To right. And instead, let's say, let's again, trust in their concern and say they're not wanting to see those things disappear right now. I can't pre pre prevent them from seeing things disappear all the time, but those moments when I can, when it has to do with their, you know, 
hygiene or their bedtime or certain things, I'm gonna get that obstacle out of their way. So I'm gonna keep the bathtub closed, right? Until they're ready to get out and they get out and then I drain it later, right? I'm gonna, what's another thing that goes away? I don't know, whatever it is, but we're gonna support them, right? And help them through this challenge, right? Yeah, and I think yeah. it's okay too, to just validate within it. Be like, oh, you don't like that uh, this went down the drain. It's a little freaky to you right now. disappearing. Okay, you're uncomfortable by that. And just acknowledging, validating, you don't like that. You're safe in this discomfort. That makes you feel uncomfortable. Okay, so do you wanna um, get out? Do you wanna put the cover in? On. Do you wanna put the cover on? What do you wanna do? Mm -hmm. So we're kind of like facilitating a safe space mm -hmm. and experience around something that's making them just like uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then so much about exploring it too. Lee's blowing away in the yard. Oh, oh that's so beautiful. She sounds so creative and yeah. so, um, I don't know, just in the moment and in her world. And then she's taking maybe these anxieties and saying, seeing this happen makes me feel out of control in my life, right? Mm -hmm. I think so much about anxiety in general. It says I'm helpless, I'm out of control. I can't make my world the way I would want it. And then when we see things happening, like things disappearing down drains, leaves blowing away. Or we, we or, like as adults, we see a commercial that makes us cry. <laughs> like it's the same thing of saying like, this moment is accessing a point in me that, that gives me the opportunity to vent this stress. Mm -hmm. The leaves are flying away. Oh my gosh. We, we can want them to do that. They are. And we don't have to say, that's okay. Oh yes, they're flying away. It's fine. Or don't say that. It's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. We can just say, they're flying away. Yes. You wanted them on the ground. Or did you want them to stay? Is it hard to see them flowing? Where are they going? And we can be curious. Yeah. Where are those leaves headed? Right. Where's that like fuzz going down the drain going? Hmm. Will it be yeah. out with the fishes? Mm -hmm. Will it get stuck in their ears? Like what, what will happen to this fuzz? Mm -hmm. And we can be curious. And if they're still really dysregulated and upset, we could just say, Oh, I hear that. Okay. Okay. Thank I'm you so for sharing that with me. That's upsetting to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Our kids might be in like total like anxiety spiral mm -hmm. mode, in which case they just need a safe presence. And if they're a little bit more able to connect, then we can perspective take, we can explore, we can get curious. Yeah. Everything we do though with our kids when they're struggling is saying, you're safe here. The feeling's already happening. We can't stop it. It's already there. They're experiencing it. We don't want them to distrust it, right? So we just want to go with it, let them lead, and then say, you're not alone. Isn't that what all of us need when we're struggling? It's just someone saying, you're not alone. It's going to be okay. Yeah. This right? one's connected. Someone said, my children are saying, you don't care about me a lot. Mm. They're both saying, uh, like the others, uh, <clears throat> you like the other sibling more. I'm a single mom, so I don't get much one-on-one -on -one time. How can I support them? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, yeah. I hear that. Mm -hmm. That must be so hard. Out of three years homeschooling, so much of my work, life involves them. I know I need to give differently now as they grow ages eight and 10. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think in that same vein, oh, that's so hard when our kids say things that we maybe already have a concern about, like, I'm not spending enough time with them, or, oh, I have been giving more attention to this one child than this other child, and they say it, and it's so fucking true, and it just pierces our soul, and I think it's so hard in those moments to say, instead of, no, that's not true, or it's Or why fine, would you say that? To say, yes, okay, I hear you. Tell me more. I'm so sorry that you're feeling that. And, and kind of like own it 
And not to say like, I'm sorry, you're right. I am giving more or I'm sorry, you're right. I like to validate the fact that you're preferring one over the child over the other. Yeah. Or you don't care about the fear that you don't care about. You'd be like, you're right. I don't, I don't, but you're (laughs) just saying you're right in feeling that. And it's okay you're feeling that right now. And I'm thank so, you for sharing that. I'm so sorry you're feeling like I don't care about you. Was it because I had to go take that work call when you needed me to help with that game? I'm so sorry I couldn't be there. And we're taking what they say. Their that interpretation. Those, that interpretation, that tabloids version. You don't care about me, obviously. You obviously like my sibling more than me. And we're distilling it down to the fine text and saying, when I had to go help your, your we're brother. We're translating it. That was hard for you because you needed me to. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. When I had to take that call or be at work when you were coming home, you felt like that meant I didn't care about you. I care about you so much. I'm so sorry you felt that. So we're not saying, no, that's not true. We're showing through our words. No, that's not that true. That was true I love for you. you. Yeah. That was true for you but, in that moment. But I think that that's the difference mm-hmm. is, yeah. is the words versus the showing. How yeah. can we basically say, yes, I hear you. And through all of our words and our, our ambiance and all of our stuff show. No, no. Yeah. It's so hard though. Yeah. Someone said four-year-old dropping nap when he doesn't nap five-year-old oh, five p- after 5 p.m. After 5 p.m. is a complete nightmare until he closes his eyes and passes out. When he does nap, the night is great until lights out and he flips out for the next 90 minutes because he's not tired can't sleep because he's accustomed to passing out. That's such a hard time in the middle oh. of that oh, four or five. Nap time. That could be from like three to six years old. Yeah. Dropping that nap is so hard. This is a period. This is a phase. Oh. This is um, a window of time where our kids are in that limbo of needing more sleep during the day. And sometimes that helping and sometimes that harming bedtime. And that's a really hard, like little like zone to be in. And I just want to acknowledge that really quick. I think that we want to make sure our kids are getting the most sleep they can. So you can Google how many hours of sleep a night does my five-year-old need or seven-year-old need or 10-year-old need. I think after five, five years old, people probably stop Googling it and they're like, they're probably fine. It's not a big deal. There are recommendations yeah. uh, for sleep stuff. And then I think too, I mean, so much about it is really about uh, uh, taking that finite amount of time that, mm-hmm. that's your goal for sleep and then saying, how can I put that onto a unique child? How can I apply that and integrate that with a, a, a person who is showing me in so many different ways, when they're tired, when they're awake, what mm-hmm. they're needing. And when we think about sleep, it's one way to integrate and regulate the body and the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And there are also so many other ways. And I think so much about this is, again, getting back to that investigator mode that we were talking about earlier in this live, saying, when can I notice their signals? And maybe if I can't get them the the body, their body, the sleep that they need with the nap time, Mm -hmm. can I get their body, the nervous system regulation that it maybe needs through other physical activities, which are like physical activities aren't rest but they can be nervous system rest and, yeah. and kind of I a renegotiation. It's, it's potentially about time to switch that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So and by so five years old, our kids can swap naps four. for, or even four years four, old. Yeah. By four years old, our kids can yeah. drop naps for 
a little bit of reading and then jumping on the trampoline or hanging upside down or spinning in a chair or getting panini pressed with pillows on a bed or laughing through a tickle fest mm -hmm. or screaming and crying, which happens often mm -hmm. for our kids who are like still a little tired and a little, yeah. having a little trouble. Yeah. And I think that, moments. that I think getting them that sleep mm -hmm. before they're overtired and get that second wind is where it's at. Yeah. Right. So when the, that he, when he does nap, it's great until lights out but then he flips for the next 90 minutes. And so it's yeah. really tricky. He sounds ready to drop the nap. Sounds ready to drop it yeah. and then get to bed early before he's overtired. We're talking dinner at five. Yeah. Sleep routine beginning at six. But like, or earlier, or earlier, like to be asleep. Get in the seven. bath, get the, get the stuff going. Bedtime. Read yeah. a couple books, get the sound machine on, <clears throat> get the lights going. Have him say goodnight to all his stuffies. And that or may have been work a, a new situation. It may have been a later bedtime yeah. because he'd had the nap before. But now that there's no nap, he's got to work it back earlier. That's something we can yeah. talk about with our kids too. Oh, when you were napping, gosh, you like woke up at like seven and then you had a nap from like one to three. So you were feeling really good in the evening and with no nap because you're growing out of that a little. <clears throat> gosh, by five or six, we have dinner and then you're just kind of like, right and we can kind of personify that a little bit and say so what do you think your body's needing and pull it back to the body needing something and pull it back to the body feeling certain things helping our kids tune into that process something we talk about in our small group coaching may is open a few more <laughs> spots just saying check our link in bio if you want to do four sessions with us and a handful of other parents. Yeah, this mom said that's helpful. We've been doing lights out at 7.45. And I would late. definitely do yeah. lights out at like 6.37 yeah. at the latest. Yeah. Um, and give that a try and see how that goes. Two and, and a half year old's not napping. Two and a half year old that Get him does by nap, six. That does nap. Oh, so it's been yeah. a dance between both of them. Nap, not nap, bedtime, not bedtime. It's a lot. It's a hard I totally get that. Oh, that's really tricky. Yeah. McCall Gordon is someone who, um, we just connected with recently. She's a sleep specialist, um, who it's called little live wires and we'll put her in the show notes. Uh, she's here on Instagram at little live wires. I think it is. And she does, um, sleep, uh, support for parents, but so much about that sleep support, we, which we connect with her about is temperament and parental approach mm -hmm. and realizing, oh my gosh, when my kid is a go, 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 go crash, they're maybe needing that bedtime to be a little bit earlier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We also love the happy sleeper book mm -hmm. and uh, Julie and Heather are awesome. Mm -hmm. They're the same uh, account on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Someone said four-year-old talks nonstop. I try hard to be present with him. I love him to the moon and back, but my ears hurt and I'd love to talk to my husband every <laughs> once in a while. Tips. Thank you, mm -hmm. Allison. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Like I, I am so in, in your corner. I was just crying to Hannah earlier today <laughs> being like, I need my brain. I need my, my, my existence, my life back. And, um, we've had some days we've had weekends and then a couple days with, um, like kids out of school, mm -hmm. like, cause there was a COVID thing and all this stuff. And just, I'm like, I, I need some space. I, I, I struggle with it. And it's something that we've experienced like that, that split <coughs> between well, our, our parenting experiences, yeah. right? It's something we talk about too, in our small group coaching mm -hmm. Uh, which is open for May. I think that there's a huge theme running through mm -hmm. that sensitive and strong-willed kids in our lives are just more. They yeah. talk more. They feel more. They need more. They move more. They cry more. 
They push more, they resist more, they laugh more. It's just more everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that for those of us who are sensitive ourselves, especially, we can get out-talked, out-touched, out-needed, out-resisted, out-voiced, all of these things really easily. Um, It's really tricky. And I think so much about that's something we talk about in the small group coaching Mm -hmm. is finding that way to say, it's not whose needs matter more. Is it ours for silence and peace and quiet? Or is it our kids for connection and self-expression mm-hmm. and um, and nervous system regulation? Because talking constantly is something that relaxes the vagus nerve, right? Just like gargling, humming, singing, screaming, any of screaming, any of those things relax the nerve, the cranial nerve that goes down, that calms the body. So a lot of kids use that that uh, tactic of talking and doing those mm-hmm. things to support their own nervous systems. They might also just be more social, more wanting to connect emotionally to another person, yeah, a caregiver. Go, like, play for like an hour alone. Or the, yeah. she'll say something to them and they'll just like nod. Or they, they'll yeah. say, I have this thing. And she goes, I'm doing something. And they're like, oh, okay. And it's like, that's so opposite to my own, own experience, yeah. which is like, if I'm with my kids, <clears throat> I'm with my kids because I have no other choice. Like, and it's a hundred percent takeover situation of engagement, especially mm-hmm. my daughter, a little bit less with my son. And I love her for that. She's so mm-hmm. in it. She's like, have you heard this thing? I'm going to say it five times, even though you're nodding and saying it back to me while I'm saying it, I need to keep saying it. I need to keep telling you this thing. Are you sure you heard me? Mm-hmm. Right. And that it's so great but it taxes us. It's, it feels chronic sometimes. And I just want to like nod to those parents out there, Amy, you know, um, <laughs> that they, it's really hard to support that sometimes. Hannah saw me yesterday at the park. Like I showed up and my kids were just actually being a little chiller. And I was still like, why are you saying that? Ah, just go over there. And Hannah was looking at me like, what is your problem? And I was like, I'm taxed from three days with my children. I'm like, I'm like about to explode. I'm like a human volcano right now because mm-hmm. I'm an introvert and I'm sensitive. And the auditory thing, like this per- this person mentioned, yeah, it's so hard. And I want to say too that we've been um, using these earplugs. What are they called? Loop loop earplugs, which we should be paid for by now. Um, half in one, both half in like in the car or in the car and those um high kind of impact moments where our kids are talking 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 needing 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 and we're still we're struggling, present, struggling, we're struggling like oh my gosh yeah lauren says golly that was me today that's so hard if it wag says oh i feel that same here yes. grow up says i freaking know yeah oh man so yeah pop those babies in half so we're still in it we still hear the words they're saying we can still nod along but it's less kind of yeah. like um, a, a like front a, to our a, nervous yeah, system. Yeah, overtaking of every of our being yeah. in those moments. How can we show up for our kids if we're feeling <clears> that <throat> deficit, if we're well, feeling that chronic overwhelm? And in those moments too, I mean, I've heard you say, Kelty, and we support parents in saying, setting those loving limits and boundaries sometimes. When we have to, to say, I love what you're telling me right now. Mm-hmm. And my, my, my body's feeling overwhelmed and it, or it's needing a little bit of quiet for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a few minutes? I'll be, or I'll be in the other room. Sometimes that can feel like a challenge or can feel offensive or triggering to our kids who are sensitive. So sometimes Kelty will just get herself that time a little bit and hope that they maybe don't notice. Other times she needs to have a little bit more of a, a direct one-to-one conversation. Or sometimes say, I dive in and say, I would love to hear about this for two minutes and then I think I need a break. Mm-hmm. So I might ghost, I might dive in, 
right? I might pop in and just be neutral and try to flow with whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a car, it's harder. Sometimes if I'm struggling, I say, I think I need my brain to myself for just a minute. And that's me starting to like ramp up is saying, I think I need everyone to be quiet for just a couple minutes. I just need my brain to myself. And usually they're pretty respectful of that when I'm starting to be like, (gasps) they can notice. Well, and someone mentioned, this is beautiful. My parents called quiet time every day and I wasn't allowed to talk like ever, but I forgive them now, laughing face. And I think absolutely, if you can call quiet time and your kids listen to that and respect it, more power to you. Most of the folks we work with have children who are sensitive and strong-willed who cannot abide by a quiet time rule. Quiet coyote, just say quiet coyote. And they're like, okay, no, no. I'm sorry. Like, it's not going like, to happen. Fuck that quiet coyote. <laughs> like, my coyote's going to attack. Now, now I'm going to be louder <laughs> and I'm going to be a coyote to you in the car, wherever it is. So um, I think I love that idea of instilling a quiet time and working on that agenda. But I think so much about it is us showing them through us powering down, mm-hmm. through us showing we're a little overwhelmed, through us saying less and engaging less that we need less. And saying something like, I, th- I feel like it's just both of you talking. It's kind of a lot for me right now. I'm needing a little bit of quiet and focusing yeah. on need. I think I'm needing to just be in my own brain for a minute. I think I'm needing some quiet. I'm thinking I'm needing a little bit less talking. I think I need to turn the music down or my daughter will pick songs for our drive in the morning. And I'm like, I think I need something a little bit less energetic because it's making me feel a little bit crazy. <clears throat> and notice driving. here where instead of Kelty saying, you're being too loud, you're being too this chatty, sounds bad. you're <laughs> being too whatever it is, which our kids can really internalize as them being too much, right? Which a lot of us experienced as kids. Yeah. Kelty's focusing on it from an I need perspective, which is really great modeling. And it's not shame-based. So she's saying, I'm needing these things, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I'm needing more of this. I'm needing less of this. I'm struggling with this. I'm wondering if we can this, right? And um, Lark, you said, my kids cannot go five minutes without saying, mom, 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 mom. Yeah, that's how my son's been, who's six. He's just really highly wanting to engage and need and need. And it's telling me a little more anxiety, a little more difficulty getting in his zone. How can I help him? I think very often I want to be like, go do your own thing. That's not going to no, happen without the get connection first. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we got a couple DM questions. We have a whole like list of stickers oh. and all kinds of stuff. But someone said, my kid won't play alone. It's really hard because um, I like want them, need them to play alone and be on their right. own. And they just won't. And I think that that's something that we can be kind of working with too, is just saying, you're needing this, I'm needing this, how can we make this work? Mm-hmm. You want me to play, I'm gonna dive in and play with you. What do you think? One minute, five minutes, 10 minutes? What works for you till the end of this game, till the end we build this thing? And then you're gonna be doing your work and I'm gonna be doing my work. And how can we be making agreements, even if we have to change those? How can mm-hmm. we be fading our presence slowly, mm-hmm. helping build, and then just sitting there and watching, saying, no, I can't build right now, but I'm gonna watch you. Is it okay? Do you want me to be here still or should I go? You want me to be here? I'm going to watch. And fading our presence that way. Mm-hmm. Giving some time and, and expanding those moments when we mm-hmm. want to set a boundary and be like, I can't do this or I won't do this. Blah. And just saying, give a little space for them to absorb a rejection or mm-hmm. to absorb 
uh, a limit or a loving boundary. Mm -hmm. It takes a little time. And if we can slow it down a little bit, it can go a lot smoother yeah. with those sensitive and, and strong-willed kids of ours. I love that Lauren Lark Rising says, every person in our house can now say, I'm feeling overstimulated because yeah. they hear me say it so frequently. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing in our families too. I'm needing some space. Mm -hmm. I need some space right now. Feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, that's I'm struggling. A, that's not a pathology. That's not something bad. That's not something to shame ourselves mm -hmm. about or blame other people about. It just is. And it can be respected and trusted in, right? Yeah. yeah. The more we can say we're struggling earlier than later or we're being overstimulated or we're overwhelmed, the more mm -hmm. easily our kids can say that too and have that have that same awareness without any shame. And the earlier we can say those things about what our needs are and our limits are, the less likely we are to explode on our kids when we've gone so far <laughs> letting these things happen because we don't want to be a bad mom or mm -hmm. a neglectful parent. And then all of a sudden it just gets too much and we snap mm -hmm. and blow up, right? And that's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then we can say after, I think I was struggling. <laughs> I think I was overstimulated. Yeah. I think I was overwhelmed. And we do it in the circle back. Yeah. Not the grill back. The circle back. The circle back. Yeah. yeah. This is fun, everybody. Mm -hmm. We didn't get to any of our questions from all the, all of the DMs, but hopefully we'll get I to have like a week. list of DMs. Hopefully so. we can just get them all into our small group coaching for May. Mm -hmm. Again, it's weekly, <laughs> every Monday for two hours. We do it four times in the month of May. We have a small group of eight to 10 folks, right? And we talk about all the hardest moments and the most challenging behaviors and big feelings mm -hmm. with our kids. Um, we hygiene, body yeah. stuff, bedtime, food stuff, um, big words, physical aggression, <clears throat> sibling things, transitions in the morning, how to think about boundaries and limits, agreements, family rules, mm -hmm. how to do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Amy Marie, um, said, we often say to our boy, oh, bud, you're struggling. What's going on for you? Is that shaming? And I think the question would be, is your child experiencing that as shaming? Every child is different. And to one mm -hmm. child that might be like, oh, yes, I'm struggling. And hey, what is going on for me? Could that and, be patronizing? And to, to another kid? child, they might feel patronized and controlled. Like, no, I'm not oh, struggling. You think don't I'm tell struggling? Tell me how I'm feeling <sighs> and uh, what's going on for me. I don't even know. And you're demanding an answer, right? So I think that that's a really nice starting phrase. And then we mm -hmm. see how it goes and then decide how to fine tune it based on the response of our child. Response of our child is our feedback, our, the way, <laughs> it's the path, right? And that's going to tell us, do we need to go a little lighter? Do we need to go a little deeper and more loving? Do we need to go a little chiller, more relaxed and mm -hmm. subtle, right? Our kids are so sensitive and so strong-willed that they are the guide in these moments because again, we're not interacting with a robot. We're interacting with a human being. They're going to they're gonna show us that way. I love that. Yeah. Lauren said, hope you both... And your families are hanging in there with the move and big mm. transitions. We are. We're Thank moving. You. We're transitioning. You bet. We're Thank hanging you. in. We're happy to be here, though. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's been so much moving and logistical mm -hmm. stuff and big feelings and kids and all this wild stuff that it feels so good to just be here centered in our community yeah. and in our work and in showing up and growing up alongside you all. So um, we're always here for these live Q&As. We like to do them weekly. And we're also so excited about our May show up and grow up small group coaching. So it's going to be 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Mondays. Um, so let us know if you have questions, if you want to talk payment plans, if you have any comments or um, 
desires, the things we want to incorporate, anything at all. Um, we're excited. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for being yeah. here. Okay. Amy said this is such a pleasant surprise tonight. Mm -hmm. Thanks for all you do and sharing your energy. You bet. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. You're doing yeah. the work. This is such an investment in yourselves, in your child, in your relationship, in your family, and in your greater community, right? When we're using powers beyond control and practicing our relationship and our discipline mm -hmm. in those challenging moments in a different way, that's creating some real social change, right? It's, it's a big deal. It's pretty cool. We feel very privileged to be here talking about this, doing this work yeah. alongside you. Um, reach out with any questions, any concerns you have. Um, we'd love to get to know you better. Um, That's what I was going to say. I was yeah. like, we want to know about you. We want to know, know about your kids. We know We're about your talking family. the whole time here. It's not fair. That's, yeah. that's like one of the best parts of small group coaching is yeah. like, sign up for May. Go to our site. Hop on there. We've got like three spots left um, to just hang out once a week for the month of May. And just like talk about everything that's going wrong and everything that feels sideways and everything we hope and dream and want to work on. Mm -hmm. And finding that community too of people who are like, yes, my kid talks nonstop. Yes, my kid is rolling their eyes and running away. Yes, my kid is having tantrums. Yes, my kid is dragging their feet through every transition. Yes, my kid is like sobbing with anxiety about X, Y, Z. Like there's so much communality mm -hmm. around everything. Ages like one to 14 yeah. in every group, it's insane mm -hmm. how much everyone cool. has in common considering they're from around the world. They're different ages, different stages, yeah. like all this stuff. It's so cool seeing how everyone comes together. So I just wanna say, uh, let us know if you have any questions about our small group coaching. Check it out on the website. We'll be having more um, kind of like little moments on stories to kind of um, answer questions. Fill you in on details and, and yeah, answer yeah. questions and stuff. So all right, that's everybody. all we got for now. Thank you for being here doing the work. You should be proud of yourselves. Yeah, and your kids are lucky to have you. Thanks Absolutely. for being here. Okay. Okay. See you soon. Bye.